It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your host, J.D. Harris and friends are getting the discussion together. So it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of the Man Cave, J.D. Harris and friends. Well, thank you, Susanna. She, she got that voice, you know, welcome to the Man Cave. So, uh, hey, we are back. I am, it, it, the weekend, I, I just love this time of the year. This time of the year, especially when you get into October, and I've said this many a times, you get football, you get baseball, you get basketball, and you get hockey. And then, you know, after that long hiatus over the summer where you're just dreading like, oh, I guess I'll do all the projects that I need to be doing. I'll read the books that I need to read at that time. Uh, Now is the time where you go back into your vegetative state of mind and sit back and grill burgers. Probably you were just in Germany, drink beers, stuff like that. Um, You know, uh, is it Dachau? Uh, how, uh, how do you say hello again? Uh, uh, just moin or hello. Hello. But it's hello, but hello, with an A. But I thought, you know, I, that's how they say it in Italy, too. Hello. They'll say hello. Hmm. But I thought it was another, like, Daka, uh, Dacha. Uh, danke. That just danke. means thank you. D- danke. That's yeah. what it is. Danke. See, I thought I was a ling- linguistic genius uh, <laughs> with the different languages, but I absolutely suck right now. Uh, my French is horrible. Guys in France that are listening, um, sorry. And uh, Italy, you know, I just kind of blew it off. But anyway, uh Got a guest as usual in the man cave. We got a different dude right here. Uh, and, uh, he's a dude, from what I hear, according to one of my guys. He's a, a football dude. Uh, his name is Robert Metz. And uh, short story, Robert was coached by one of the guys I coached against as a player in France, um, Coach Willie Robinson. And Willie and I have you know, been supportive of each other uh, throughout meeting in France. Uh, he kind of worked as a welcoming committee for me uh, in that acclimation process of just, you know, you go over there, you think you know football, but, you know, trying to do American football in a different country is a whole different deal, and we'll kind of go over that a little bit. But, uh, uh, Robert, tell us a little bit about yourself. First of all, welcome to the Man Cave. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So, originally, you know, grew up, born and raised in Tucson, Arizona, Streets, uh, hard streets of Tucson. Oh, the rough. <laughs> the rough. He was so talking rough. about. The, he was talking about the hood earlier. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, so I uh, went to CDO High School out there, Canyon Del Oro, for all you uh, local people. Um, then I went to Dixie State for four years, uh, small Division two school in Utah. Did they have Confederate flags at Dixie State? Actually, they did. Yeah, there's there's a, few people, <laughs> there's a few people driving around town with the flags hanging about about the back of the trucks. When yeah. I think of Dixie State, I think of generally, and I think of Confederate flags. <laughs> and so you played what at Dixie State? So I played uh, outside linebacker, safety. I came in as a safety, worked my way down to middle linebacker eventually to my senior year. Uh, did some punting, you know, almost everything there. And what did you major in? Because I care about the education. JD care about the kids. So it's a integrated studies degree with a mix of business management and human communications. Okay. So you can kind of use that with a lot of a lot of things. So so then did you like when you were done? What happened at you know after your tenure at Dixie State? What you graduated when? How how long ago? Two years ago? Uh, this past year actually. This past year. Okay. Yeah. So what's transpired since graduate or leaving? Um, well, just, um, you know, I kind of went, you know, head first into this football thing. Okay. Um, you know, did a little all-star game in January. Uh, which all-star? It was the Dream Bowl in Virginia Beach. Okay. It was, uh, January 18th, I think. And, uh, that was really fun. So that, was that for Division Two people or it was just a... a Small a school, like Small FCS, all the way down to Division Three. Okay. Kind of that whole range of guys. And, uh... That was a great experience. You know, got to, you know, meet up with a couple scouts, talk to them, uh, you know, put on a good display of my, you know, abilities. And, uh, you know, I felt like that was a success. Then I had Pro Day in March at uh, Southern Utah's Pro Day. And uh, that was actually held at our, uh, like, five minutes away from where I lived in St. George because Cedar, where Southern Utah has had a bunch of snow, so I got lucky. Uh, that went pretty well. Then, uh, 
you know, just from there, just tried getting, you know, in contact with some NFL teams. Didn't really gain much traction. Went to some CFL camps. Um, still no traction. So ended up going to Europe to play ball in Germany this past uh, summer. So how was that? Well, first of all, I'm going to ask you, uh, with the with the All-Star game you were in, how many people, was there anyone that got picked up from that bowl and went on to a league, uh, to the NFL? There's one guy in particular, his name's Chester Rogers. He's number 80 for the Colts right now. Okay. He's like the number four or five receiver. He kind of switches in. He's He was really good. Uh, I remember him pretty well. Uh, there's another guy he went to trying to remember what team it was but he went to a camp and then he's playing for the ottawa red blacks right now okay so uh there's there's like 13 guys total i think they got camp invites okay awesome awesome so now germany how was the process for you because i know the process for me when i was going i had already went to germany and things like that but when i had gone when i was going to go and now live in france and was a novice at best with the language and going there, for me, it was just like, okay, I'll, there was an excitement. Then there was like, okay, and it, from a coach's perspective, it's definitely different because, you know, you're pretty much out there on your own. You don't have anyone, at least, uh, I don't know, like with the players, you guys typically, I know what, the way we had it, they live together. So their acclimation process, they're going to, you know, the coach can't really party with the players and stuff like that, <laughs> or at least I didn't. You know, I, I mean, not like I party anyway. Those that you know me, like 9 o'clock, your boy is done. Uh, but so what was that thought process before going there and once you got there? W- w- tell, tell us about it. I was pretty nervous going in because, you know, I'd never, I never been overseas before that, um, so I didn't really know what to expect. I've heard good things about Germany. Um, you hear bad things about Germany or just Europe in general. And, uh, you know, I was the first week I was out there, I was pretty nervous. You know, it was kind of intimidating because it's such a different culture and you don't know what to expect. The language barrier, um, you know, you just, you don't, you're, you're outside your comfort zone. So, um, you know, that first week was kind of tough getting used to everything. You don't know. And you went to Lubbock, correct? Yes. Did I pronounce it right? Lubeck, Lubbock. Lubbock. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, first week was kind of tough, but then once you get, you know, acquainted with your roommates, your teammates and everything, and then you start getting introduced to people, that's when it gets easier. So how many imports did you guys bring in? There was four Americans, I believe, and then there was uh, a Canadian, a uh, guy from the Netherlands, and then Perez, who's from France. From France. Yeah. Well, American, American France. turned French. Yeah. Now, Perez... He was my Achilles heel when I was in France. He was the quarterback. He, I think he came from Eastern Carolina. He was the backup to David Garrard, or he was a receiver, but uh, he played at Eastern Carolina. And Perez Madsen, uh, he actually had the French dude scared because he, when he was a little younger, he was rolling around, you know, run, running and throwing. And so against us, he had our D.C. and some of our guys scared because they're like, we don't want him to run. And I'm like, I want him to run because I got some dudes that can lay the wood on him. Uh, and uh, But he just lit us up for like three, 400 yards passing and probably ran for like six yards. But uh, what was different from the places I've been, we've only been able to bring two or three Americans. Where, well, I take that back. In France, uh, we had three Americans. Or Italy, we had three Americans. Because if you're playing in a bowl game or – the Euro Bowl, did you guys participate in the Euro Bowl? No, we didn't. Or you didn't do any other Just regular concurrent? season. So, and the places I've been, they've had concurrent seasons where you would, like the EFA Cup or the Euro Bowl. And so uh, in Italy, we were in the EFA Cup. And so we played, well, our preseason started off with playing Switzerland and then uh, a team, a Swiss team. And then we uh, were in the EFA, we played a Czech Republic team that I was telling you, like, the largest human beings ever. <laughs> and then from there, we also played uh, the French, the Blackhawks, and we're going to play. Had we won that game, we are off to play another game. So you guys were kind of special in that way. So talk about the football culture in Germany. Like, you know, is it televised? You know, all that stuff. You mean, it's probably, you know, televised on the local stations there, but, you know, it was, it was kind of tough for my, you know, some of my family to watch the games. Um, but, you know, the football culture there, everybody, 
you know, everybody there that I met was a huge football fan. Everybody plays fantasy football out there. And, uh, you know, it's not quite, they don't take it quite as serious as us Americans do, but it's more of a hobby for them. They have their jobs. They have their family life. And then they go to practice after that, you know. But what do they take serious there? (laughs) I mean, you know, like we talked about this earlier and, you know, we work to live in America or live to work in America and they work to live. In most European countries, it's like, okay, we just do what we have to do, but it's about our leisure, our pleasure, our holiday. I think they're very serious about having, you know, quality time, being social. Um, you know, when you're at a barbecue with people in Germany, it's not about eating, eating the food and leaving. It's about you eat first and then you stay for a while and you just socialize. That, that's what they find more important than the food. So that was different. So, like, I know in France we had it where, um, and you in Italy, like, you could go to McDonald's and see my picture up in there. Uh, wow. And, you know, we're always in the, on the cover of sports magazines and newspapers, and the local news followed us. Uh, did you guys have that kind of same deal in Germany? Yeah, we had, like, there's called Peace Day magazine. Uh, it was, like, the local magazine for Lübeck, Germany. Okay. And they would closely follow us. We do, like, first weekend I was out there, we actually had a pizza-eating contest for the newspaper. Okay. Me and one of my teammates, you know, and they're, they follow us closely. There's a couple other um, local newspapers that followed us. It was, it was pretty good coverage. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I know some, like Austria and stuff, like they have, like, major coverages. Uh, in France, they had buses painted with the football players, and you could see billboards of us. And it, it was, like, it was kind of a big deal. I was like, hey, you yeah. know, you know who I am? Kind of a big deal, even though I wasn't. But, <laughs> you know, in my mind, I was. And so um, that's that's pretty interesting. Well, we get back, we're going to talk to uh, Robert a little bit more about his experiences in Germany, and then we're going to get on to some football. So we'll be back in a sec. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with kwame lassiter formerly with the arizona cardinals san diego chargers and st louis rams kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on kwame lassiter's sports talk It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144, 1-888-346-9144, or send an email to Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back, and I have Robert Metz. Uh, we're talking about he uh, played at Dixie College and was in Lubbock, uh, Germany, playing football. And So we're kind of talking about his experiences over there. What about the food? Did you have pierogies? I never had a pierogi. You never had a pierogi? No, never heard of one. What is that? Really? Never. I'm thinking of nice things to say to him right now. 
and I just can't conjure the word. I want to say some really cruel things like, you know, maybe some better decisions with his procreation, but no, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So a pierogi is kind of like a potato-based, somewhat like a hot pocket feel stuff. It's really good. So what is the chicken, the uh, fried chicken thing that they had? What what did you eat in Germany? How about that? So my favorite thing they had was the donor. Yeah. Kind of like a... uh, Kind of like a hot dog bun shape. It's bread, and it's kind of shaped in a hot dog bun. You stuff a bunch of meat, like whether it's chicken, steak, you know, anything, and you put the greens, got the chipotle sauce, whatever kind of sauce you want to put yeah. in there. Yeah, the kebab, the kebabs, the, the donors, yeah, the same yeah. thing. They shave it off. Exactly. They have the thing spinning. You shave it off. Yeah. You know, some places it was reported to be dog meat and human remains. Just to let you know, the rush. Thanks, man. <laughs> I, I just want to let you know because I I heard a report when I was over there. The oh, Russian man. Russian mafia had been cutting up people and putting them in their donors. Uh, but that's the, so. What else did you have? I, I'm ruining everything for him on purpose. But anyway, <laughs> hey, it's extra protein. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, what else did I have? I had uh, a lot of meat, a lot of uh, like brats, uh, chicken. Steak and the way they season this stuff over there is amazing. Oh yeah, like it's you very can, good. You buy it like when you buy it out the store, it's already pre-seasoned, so you just cook it up and it just tastes amazing. So did you guys had your little kitchenette. Did you share your apartment with the other players? Yeah, or? I had two other players, and then Perez would come. He'd be the fourth guy during the weekends when he would uh, fly into Germany. Oh, he would leave France and fly. Yeah, in. he went back and forth from France to Germany every week. It was crazy. <laughs> Perez and Victor was uh, the other DN from France. There, uh, forgot his name. It was a DN African. Mm. He actually played for uh, for us in Fran- for me in France, and I can't forget his name. Is Young Buck? Well, there's Semi. There's Semi, but he played for the Netherlands. So no, this is uh, another dude. I, I'll remember Willie. If you're watching this, you need to uh, remind me of his name because I, you know, I had some concussions in my day, dog. <laughs> um, so it, it, even with that, how was that process for you? You felt like you're in college again? A little bit, yeah. With like the roommate situation, you know, having to we all clean up after each other. You know, it was kind of. Our apartment was kind of a, it was like the, we call it the trap house. Because everybody was, came there? Yeah. Now, <laughs> it's pretty messy, man. Now, <laughs> yeah, that's why I couldn't, like, I could not room with anyone. I, it would just drive me crazy. So, now, this was the thing. I, it was funny. We went uh, in 2007, we went there to play the first thing, uh, Razorbacks. And uh, brought a college over, and so we spent some time in Switzerland. Went into Austria, and I convinced one of the coaches because I had been to Europe before, and I just wanted him because he came from a small town in Illinois. Mm-hmm. I was like, Coach Boyd, Benny, if you're watching this or listening to this, I'm talking about you, dog. Uh, so Coach Boyd, he uh, never had really he had been in Iowa and Sterling, Illinois. So I was like, Hey, man. I know this is going to sound weird. I've already talked you into coming to Europe, and you didn't want to come. What did you think about uh, you want to go to a discotheque? And he was like, <laughs> dog, country, cool. Dog, how I look going to some German club? Well, it's like, B, you just might want to do this. And so, and you know, I'm not a clubber, but I knew what he was getting into. He was like, man, it's like 1230. <laughs> I was like, B, you just don't understand. So we get there, we take a cab, and we go out into the dock. Or it was like a flat area, like, it, you know, docking area. So they okay. had a whole bunch of different, like, discotheques. This cat, it's probably, we played the next day. We, had, we leave at, like, 8 or 9. The game is at 11. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, because we t- went to two or three places. We finally found a place that played hip-hop. And I see my boy. He's wedding. He was like, Jay, I don't ever want to leave. (laughs) (laughs) And he had a little fun. And the DJ was from the Dominican Republic. And he found out we were from the Chicagoland area. And he goes, Chicago's in the house. (laughs) And so all the German girls and stuff are around us. And I was what I considered dancing. Not much of a dancer. So I was dancing, and the girl was, like, having a good time. And I see this dude, like, looking at me, like, straight through like that. I was mm-hmm. like, why did this dude look at me? And then 
another dude was right there, another dude was right there. I realized that was his girlfriend that was dancing with me. And so we got out. You have any discotheque experiences in Germany, in Deutschland? Uh, like no, no crazy stories, but I mean... We had our fun times in there. It was what time they close? Like six in the morning. Yeah, like you'll walk outside. It's completely. It's like, the next day. It's, yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> like in France, they didn't open until one thirty or one thirty at night or in the morning. Yeah, I'd be like, you know, we'd be getting ready to go, and the, you know, it'll be one two o'clock before we even go, and we're like, dang, like, what are you guys taking so long for? And they're like, don't worry about it, Robert. Like, we're we're gonna be there till like four five six in the morning. I'm just like, dang, man. How did you deal with the time? Because no one ever seems to be in a hurry or on time. Did you guys have that problem in Germany? <laughs> I mean, we had a couple little situations, but for the most part, you know, Germans are really good about being on time. Yeah, they're more Americanized almost. Yeah. Like industrialized, I should mm-hmm. say. They're very, they're very particular about that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, no, we, there was no major issues like that. Okay, see, you went to the right country. I went to France and Italy, and it's like, I'm here, coach. Uh, I, what that happened was, uh, you know, uh, 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 the us. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I learned that what would take us 30 minutes would take two weeks over there. You order a hat, uh, just come back in two or three weeks. <laughs> It's they, like they're not they're not much of in a rush over in Europe. No, no, but no. you know, it's some things that it made me look at life differently. It was an education process for me to realize, hey, you actually need to probably not put so much of emphasis on time and rushing and rushing and kind of seize the moment, take your time, enjoy, smell the flowers, get there. You know, don't put that stress on yourself. They're not stressed the way we are. No, typically, life, yeah, life is just so much. You just so much more relaxed for them and they're not stressed out yep and less cancer and less you know a lot of the medical woes we have so anyway man uh overall great experience for you it was awesome i wouldn't trade it for anything it was it was amazing would you go back if you had the opportunity i would yeah yeah and i i get it until you've done it and you experience being inundated with the culture it's not like you live on a military base so that experience is just a totally different experience than actually living in being, you know, you're living in an apartment complex or a building with other people that don't speak your language and you're walking, you go to the store and they know you're the dumb American that doesn't know what to order every time. It's like, (laughs) then you just start getting stuff through experimental things. And, uh, but it's just something to be said about that, that, until someone else has done that, it just opens your mind up to the world and have it in a different perspective. Makes you realize how, you know, you know how we're not the center of the universe here in America, you know? We're not? Yeah, right? <laughs> what do you mean? But everybody else knows about us. They know about our politics. They know more about what goes on with us than we do. Which is kind of, I think the education system is kind of... It's more, they take it more seriously over there. You know, they require all their high school students to learn English, too, over there. And it's like... But they spend less time in school than we do. It's like more efficient. It's crazy. I mean, but everything's about efficiency. It's not a lot of clutter in the homes. It's not, you know, it's not a lot of big cars. It's like, you know, we're here, big is better. You know, yeah. everything is Texas, but then there is like, you see your six foot five, 300 pound guys and this little bitty hatchback with two of his buddies <laughs> getting mm-hmm. out. And you're like, in America, that would never happen. It's like, dog, y'all jacked up. <laughs> so anyway, uh, anything else you want to share about your German experience? Uh, I think that's it at the top of my head. I can't really think of anything. Yeah. It was you just guys, awesome, man. I, I, yeah. You, I hope you journaled. I did a lot of pictures and videos. I hope you did the same just to go back and share because it's just it's it's once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm glad you, is gl- I'm glad you had the experience and I had someone else to talk about that under, understands. So anyway, we're gonna go into college football, man. I call it parody weekend again. It, whether it's college or NFL, you had the Stanford loss to Washington, which was a very good game. Went down to the lo- to the wire basically, and it hurts. Because I was rooting for Stanford and talking crap 
to one of my guys here. You see that game? I didn't get to catch the game, but I saw the score, and uh, I was surprised, you know, at least to say I was very surprised. Yeah. And then Alabama spanks Kentucky, which no surprise there. Uh, Louisville and Clemson. <sighs> Man. Hey, both those quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, they're both um, great competitors. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and Lamar, I mean, he, they were, Clemson was putting a little mustard on it now. They, yeah. I mean, they were coming at that dude. I'm wondering why they kept on inside the red zone running that, like, sweep with him. I was like, option it to the field. Give him some space. Don't condense the field, but, you know, who am I? And uh, Petrino, he turned he turned that scarlet red boy. He was he was in there. Uh, the next, and, and I th- I still think those two teams will uh, well might be still in contention for the playoffs. G- given that Cl- either one doesn't lose, or if Clemson loses, depends on who they lose to. Because they started off slow, but they needed that win to stay in the top ten. I, yeah. I really felt like that was unnecessary to beat them the way you know in that manner. I feel like if you're the playoff selection committee too, you should watch that game. And you know, if you're you know judging Louisville, you know you can't. It's tough. You can't mark them down for a loss like that, man. It's yeah. two evenly matched teams. Somebody has to win. Yeah, and, and I'm glad they're still in the top ten. Uh, then you see Wisconsin, Michigan. Uh, the Big Ten is actually, you know, well, the Big Ten with 13, 12 schools uh, <laughs> is, you know, there's a lot of good teams in that. And to see Michigan win, which is not surprising. Then Tennessee uh, giving it to Georgia. Florida State loses. At, hey. They play slow. They play slow. And it's finally starting to catch up to it. Last year, they always have a slow start, and then they find a way. Now it's just like those miracles are done. And they're running out of that magic potion, man. Yep. Speaking of magic potion, is uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back, uh, just kind of finishing up with college. Um, the Texas game, did you see that, Texas and OSU? I did not. Oh, man, I'm like, I was hoping Texas won because I really like Charlie Strong. You know, I thought with the win with Notre Dame and stuff like that. But for them to lose it from more or less the defensive side was, I think, tough where that's where he's kind of measured. So that was tough. But uh, this weekend, going into some games, you have Tennessee versus Texas. Does, I don't think Texas loses a, again. I think, I, think they'll, they, I, I think it's a spoiler alert. What do you think? I don't know because this is, this is Tennessee. This is looking like Tennessee's year, man. They're coming back strong. You know, they've, that, it's been kind of a sleeper program for a while, and I think they're starting to reemerge as one of the powers of college football. 
So it's going to be something's got to give. I don't know if I'm a believer yet. I think uh, maybe it's my wishful hoping. I think Texas will be be a spoiler. Another game, uh, or I mean Texas A and M. Sorry, Tennessee versus Texas A and M. I think that they'll beat or they'll they'll beat Texas A and M. But that quarterback for Texas A M looks like number two sometimes. Johnny Manziel, he gets that thing and goes. Uh, but then you have Texas versus uh, OU, uh, and I am going to say, oh crap, um, I'm going to say that I believe that Texas beats Oklahoma. I think so. I, I think you know I really like what Charlie Strong's done with that program, and he he's a very classy guy. You know what? I really like that gesture he did with the University of Arizona. You know after the loss of one of their players. And they had the whole team sign that, you know, that, you know, the letter. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's a very classy guy, and he has that program on the right direction. Yeah, and one of the things is Louisville is benefiting from his recruiting, his recruits still. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think he needs the time at Texas uh, because he had to fight so many different things to get it reestablished. And so, and a lot of times the fight isn't the students, it's the system and it's the environment. Yeah. Uh, we have Florida State versus Miami. Mm, I, think I'm, I think I'm going with Miami on this one. I think you're a smart guy to go with Miami. I'm yeah. going to go with Miami. I think that Miami is trying to get back to being the Miami of old, and I think Florida State has was kind of cruising, riding, and, you know, it's it, they're – Eating some humble pie right now, mm-hmm. um, so it, it's it's going to be interesting. And then um, was the la- Washington versus USC? I think Washington beats the brakes off of USC. Yeah, Washington right now is looking like the top team in the Pac-12 it, it, by far. It's look, looking like the '90s all over again. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought Stanford. I still, you know, I thought Stanford. Give them any other day, I think Stanford wins. I mean, because they can power that ball down. And, you know, that I think that's the difference in the Pac-12. When you find a team that's physical, that can run and just run it at you, not finesse you, not have to throw it, and the Pac-12, that, that says yeah. something. <clears throat> um, so right now the rankings got Bama number one, Ohio State number two, Clemson three, Michigan four, Washington five, Houston six. Louisville 7, Texas A&M 8, uh, Tennessee 9, and then Miami, or, or is it Miami 10? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I, I still think Bama's capable. I haven't checked their schedule. They're capable of losing it in conference championship. I, don't, I'm not, I think Bama takes a loss at some point. Hopefully before I hopefully hopefully it's before the championship, but I'll put them in the playoffs. I still have Ohio State in the playoffs until proven otherwise. And congratulations, uh, he uh, watch call just broke all the passing or the passing touchdown records at Ohio State. You know he's been the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Clemson, they still haven't lost, but they scare me. But maybe this Louisville game was to wake up. And Michigan, I think the, it might just go straight yeah. through those top four. I think I think the winner of the Michigan Ohio State, the winner whoever comes out of that conference, the Big Ten, is going to make it. And then I think Louisville still has a strong chance if they win out. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting race. Yeah. That that's going to be interesting. But I think for I I believe even for the ratings, if Ohio State or Michigan, if Ohio State wins, Michigan's still in. If Michigan wins, Ohio State is out. That, that's completely possible. Can yeah. you imagine them playing in the playoffs? <sighs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, put some mustard on that one, boy. So, NFL. Hey, uh, hey, uh, Tom Brady's back. <laughs> and where does he go? Well, Bill Belichick got fired. Cleveland Browns. You know Tom Brady is like, who ha- I, I, I have a feeling he just says, all right, who hasn't played yet? Who hasn't scored? All right, Damian Abdullah. All right, all right, Martellus. All right, Gronk. All right, Julian. <laughs> is Blunt out this week? Uh, I'm not sure. All right, no, here, Blunt. 
pass it to you, and then I'm going to run for two touchdowns. That's the Tom Brady thing. I, he's going to come in with his tan. You see he was tanning and stuff on vacation. He's chilling. Yeah, he got his tan lines out. You know, he, he's coming. Um, all that said, I still don't think they won a Super Bowl this year, but he's coming, and he's coming with fury. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think he's going to come back with a strong game. Maybe, you know, maybe his emotions might be a little high. He might start off a little shaky. You never know. You know, and it's still an NFL game, you know. Even though it's the Browns, it's still NFL competition. Yeah. So you never know. And Terrell Pryor is balling out. Like, balling out. And it's unfortunate that, whatchamacallit, uh, Gordon. Gordon can't, can't, is gone. I mean, you know, can't, I think... You know, when they were waiting for him to get back, I think what really killed him, too, is when the stuff this summer showed back up with Johnny Manziel. Yeah. And one thing, I know that the security team for Cleveland is a very efficient group. You know, when I was at Cleveland, uh, he had a former CIA agent, and they were on the stuff. They were like, all right, don't go on this street, don't go on that street, and who is this person, who is that? I mean— when I say is on it, you like working for you would have felt like when you worked for Cleveland, you were working for the U.S. government, Secret Service, straight up. So I think that, you know, with all that being said, they're just like, we're done. And it's sad because he's such a talent, such a talent. I think yeah. I think if he was OK, I think he's better than Odell Beckham because he, he reminds me of a T.O. with more explosion. If that can be, if that ever could be. He's very tall, deceptive speed. You know, he's just <laughs> big. He's deep big, threat. too. Yes. Yeah. But he can catch a one yard route and take it to the house. And I thought with Robert Griffin being there and things like that, that that would be a good marriage and, you know, and it, basically a mentorship because they were together in college and that chemistry and Robert could reel him in. But when Robert got hurt, I think, yeah. you know, I, I, they're like, okay. That this, was a big blow. Yeah, that was a big blow. Um, I don't know if you saw, or, or Josh Norman had some words for the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers, Julio just had a fiesta on them. <laughs> Three. Hey, whoever a, man, whoever had him on their fantasy team must have been a happy person. I know. Man. They were just like, oh, Julio. <laughs> man, he just went ill. And then Josh puts it just like this. You get what you pay for. <laughs> he's, he's not lying. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to need Josh Norman to do a little bit more while he keep on talking. Because some people have him rated, ranked as the number three corner. I think he's more talk than a bark than bite. I mean, I think he's solid. And I think he's a system corner with a zone base. But I don't think he's that dude uh, necessarily in terms of, like, I think they made a mistake by trying to move him around. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Jim. He's, he's, you know, he fit perfectly at Carolina's system. He plays left side of the field. Um, but you got guys like Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman, who can fall. Well, Richard Sherman, is he one-sided no, he, guy? No, he's a one-sided is guy. He? Well, but Patrick he, Peterson, though. And Patrick, He'll follow you anywhere. And Patrick Peterson hasn't necessarily had the pass rush. So he benefited from having the pass rush with Carolina. And uh, and it's I, I just don't see him being what they think he should or is. So we'll see how that, that goes. But I thought that was kind of funny. But it's like, move on. You, yeah. You're done. You... Like they said, you've won this already. You're the highest paid corner in the league. And they're one and three. Yeah. Dude, just shut your mouth. He's a great player, man. He's, he's an awesome He's a corner. good player. I don't think he's great. Fair enough. He's, he's a good player. You know, he just needs to handle his business, you know, get his team on the right track, and then maybe you can say something. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. Um, and then Cam Newton, speaking of his team, Cam got hammed. Oh, Cam, hammed. He got man. He got hit, <laughs> and it, 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 and so it's like, yeah, and it's kind of poetic justice because Atlanta was a little pissed off at them. You know, you know, 
they were dabbing on him and he was doing all the stuff in their face last year. Then they took the pictures on the sideline and now it's like, you know what? If I get a shot, a chance to hit you squared up as big as you are, it, but I give him credit. Even when he got hit and he was dazed and confused, he still tried to stretch out and go in the end zone. Dude is a warrior. Hey, Cam's a dog, man. Yeah, yeah. but he, that one, he, as a linebacker, you see Cam coming down. Are you you going to go get fit? Yeah. Yeah, you hey, got to. You can't hesitate, no. And he kind of slowed up like he had crossed already. People are going to learn. You run through the back of the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you done celebrated and dabbed on mugs. You better run to the back of the end zone and wait a while. Um you then you had Pittsburgh, they came back with a vengeance and was like, uh, let me get this straight. Let me reintroduce myself. My name is Pittsburgh. And yeah. Big Ben said, Okay, I'm gonna throw it to you, you, y'all gonna try to cover A B, but guess what? He's still gonna get two. Now, you cool, A.B. Who else? Le'Veon Bell. They had him lined up at receiver a lot of the game, too. Well, they say he's the second-best receiver on their squad. And I think Marcus Wheaton and all those dudes are solid. So he's just that dude. And uh, like Mike T. said, they're going to get a heavy dose of Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) And they did. And and they did. And and so it's like, there you go. Uh, Another sad story, my hometown, Chi-Town, Kevin White. Probably next year will be he's on IR again, you know. So he was last year he didn't play last season, his rookie season, number one pick. Now we're going into his second season, and he's out for three quarters of the season. And it's like, when are you going to get a return on your investment? I felt like they needed something else besides a receiver and. That was a. I felt like it was a lot of receivers in that draft that they could have gotten. Uh, they needed to address something. But, you know, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, the rest of the games and what's going on in the NFL. We'll be back. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back. Um, yet, Pittsburgh respond back after having a horrible week uh, against uh, Philly. Philly beat yeah. the brakes off of them. And I knew. I was like, you know what? I don't care who they playing next week. Mike T is not going to lose 
have his boys lose or two games. Not like he had them lose, but it, he people were going to be put on front street, and they were. Um, I think a team that people are asleep on that it's going to shock, like their record should be a little bit better, uh, Jacksonville. Don't get sleep on Jacksonville. Don't be sleep on Jacksonville. I'm not even a Jacksonville fan, but they're slowly putting together, and it's going to be like, whoa. And I, I think that the Rams has been that team even though they let like Chris Long go, you know, from last year, they yeah. they had a <clears throat> watch him call it the D tackle that was first round pick from Detroit. They had him and he's gone. Uh, they lost some depth, but you know the Rams when they play the Cardinals and the division teams, you know they give them fits. They give Seattle fits. They give Arizona fits. No pun intended, fits. But they give them. Fits and I just felt like, and I've had some personnel from the Cardinals say, the team in our division that keeps us up, you know, that we're keeping an eye on, is the Rams, and everybody knows because they're when they leave a game with the Rams, they know it's going to be physical, and it's going to be football, and coming into this game, I promise you they made the Rams look the what you call it, look like Michael Vick. He looked like the reincarnation of Michael Vick. Um, Todd Gurley didn't do much. I mean, their game plan was to make him one-dimensional, and until Tavon got the kickoff or it was a punt, which scared him, got a big yeah. return. Um, but the turnovers, Arizona, it was more about what Arizona didn't do or couldn't do before Carson's injury and Drew coming out there than what the Rams did. Did I, I felt like some of the things that, unfortunately, and I'm become you know I live in Arizona. I respect a lot of people on the staff. I respect the team. Uh, a lot of people had Arizona, you know, going to the Super Bowl, <clears throat> but I don't know how much they addressed the challenges that they had as a team. Um, you know, you saw a lot of inerrant passes during training camp. You saw it in the playoffs. Um, the running game, you have a good running back. But awesome. that, in the balance of that, you know, and I understand you're trying to keep them healthy. And then one of the things to keep them healthy was, you know, giving a dose of um, Chris Johnson, and now he's injured. And, you know, it's it's like you probably needed some younger, fresh legs with, with that position too. Um, it's going to be – and then you need some consistency from the other receivers. You know, there's a lot of drop passes. Michael Floyd, I think, dropped, had two drops this weekend, two critical drops. He had a big play, but it doesn't make up for a critical drop. It just every time a receiver drops a ball, it's like a deflation for the rest of the team, especially when you're kind of consistent at it. So then now on third down and 10, we could go ahead and take out Larry, or, you know, double up Larry. We could bracket him. You know, Jay, uh, uh, Jerron Brown actually dropped a pass, which is – Oh, John Brown. Yeah. No, Jaron. Oh, Jaron. Uh, uh, 13. Oh, okay. Yeah, he dropped a pass, and he's normally, uh, to me, he's the second best receiver on their team. He has, uh, he runs decent routes, but he has, he, get, he has explosion like the little guys, but he has hands at times like Larry. Uh, I think he's the best, probably if you had to put one person together, he would be in. I mean, Larry's performing well for a 30-plus-old receiver. He, I mean, he's probably playing some of his best ball now. And, you know, even though he may to some lose a step, but then you don't see that because he's still going and he's Mr. Consistent. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on the Cardinals? You know, defensive-wise, you know, they have all the right pieces, secondary, obviously. You're saying they have a secondary? I mean, they have – they have guys that are capable, but it's not put together right now. But you mean they still held the Rams to 17 points? You know that's that's doable. Name one receiver. Be, uh, is Tavon considered a receiver? If you if you take him away, who's number 18 uh, for the Kenny Britt? Yeah, Kenny Britt. He's all right. He's all right. But he's all right. 
Other than that, I mean, but. So you take PP, P squared, you put them on him. Who else do they have? I mean, I mean like yeah. uh, uh, the guy that came over from Kansas, he did all right the first game. But the defense dropped even more so, and I'll say this, when we let Antonio Cromartie go. This is true. Yeah. I mean, when you have two corners, and especially even though Antonio was getting exposed sometimes with the deep ball, he did show, like, he would come up, he was physical on the tackle, and teams still wouldn't pick on him as much. <clears throat> you know, sometimes Bethel and those guys are getting exposed, and Tyron uh, is still, I, th- I think he's still going through the acclimation process with his body. Uh, <clears throat> He's not, you know, I guess in some report, he was like, they need to play him in the box more, and I agree. That's where, you know, they kind of put him back and I think trying to, you know, wean him in to what he does. But he he makes stuff happen. I just think, I think the offense, I think the quarterback situation is a little bit messy right now. I think that's, <laughs> yeah, understatement for sure. But, um, you know, I think that, that has to be, you know, a big center of attention for that team right now. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're gonna pick going into this week. We're gonna look at the games and make quick picks because we have like five or two minutes left. So uh, last week I picked, or um, at last week put me at this week. I did pick Cleveland or uh, Buffalo to beat New Eng- or New England. So let's see. Uh, we're uh, got a minute. Dang it, Jay. All right. We have New England at Cleveland. We can say it's any, right? New England. New England, for sure. All right. We have Philly at Detroit. Philly. Philly. <clears throat> Chicago at Indy. I'm going to go at Indy. That's a juggle for me. All right. Tennessee at Miami. I'm going with Tennessee. Yeah. Derrick Henry's a beast. Uh, Washington at Baltimore. 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 Yep. Houston at Minnesota. Minnesota. I would have to agree with that. Pittsburgh or Jets at Pittsburgh. I'm going Pitt. Pitt. Atlanta at Denver. Denver for me. Atlanta has to travel to Denver. Yeah. Cincinnati at Dallas. Or Dallas. That's a tough one for me. I couldn't tell you. All right, we got 30 seconds left. We got uh, Los Angeles or Buffalo at LA. I'm going to take LA. That's a long trip. For Buffalo. Yeah, I think so. And Oakland versus San Diego. I'm going to give it to Oaktown. Oakland. And New York versus Green Bay, the Giants. I'm going to take the Packers. I'm torn, but I'm going to take the Packers too. Robert, I'm glad to have you on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Get you back in. Uh, Now we got people in several different countries. I see some people in Germany following us right now on the show. Hey, man, appreciate you all tuning in and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Ciao. We out of here. Peace. Peace. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and friends on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon.